0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Spotlight. This is the podcast that'll take you behind the scenes to talk with the unsung heroes who are out there working in the trenches of the music, theater, and TV worlds. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I hope everyone is doing well. It is springtime, although this interview you're about to hear was recorded at the beginning of winter, back in November, and uh, our guest was in Minneapolis, so uh, winter was just starting to show its ugly face there. But now it's spring, we're getting past winter, hopefully, and uh, hope it's nice where you are and you're enjoying some sunshine and warmer temperatures. Our guest today is Alex Prince. He is a tour manager and production coordinator and has uh, seen lots of action in different capacities. Um, we were introduced through our mutual acquaintance, David 51Norman. Again, um, you've heard his name several times mentioned as uh, someone referring guests to me, and that has been the case here. So, again, thank you, David 51. We talk about all kinds of things uh, from Alex's time on the road as production manager or uh, in tour managing capacities. Uh, he's worked with lots of different folks over the years and has even done some uh, political campaign type things. So we'll we'll get into that a little bit, not to mention a few Grammy shows. So uh, it'll be an interesting conversation for sure. Uh, just want to mention quickly, a uh, big thank you to uh, supporters of the show. Uh, Chris in Michigan, Richard in uh, Pennsylvania, and Emily in Michigan. Uh, thank you guys for supporting the show, um, helping out with the the, some of the expenses associated with bringing you these episodes every 10 days or so, and uh, greatly appreciated. it. And, and if you're interested in donating or uh, contributing in some way, uh, you can go to our webpage, which is beyondthespotlightpodcast.com, and up in the upper right corner, I believe, or at the top of the page, there are several icons for our social media pages, as well as an icon Shaped like a coin with a heart on it, and you can click on that. It'll take you to PayPal and make it easy to uh, do either a one-time contribution or uh, an ongoing monthly amount if that is what you choose. Um, But it's very easy either way. So a great deal of appreciation would be sent your way if you're able to do that. Uh, You can reach out to us on Facebook at Beyond the Spotlight Podcast or on Instagram. Follow us there at Beyond the Spotlight Podcast or email us uh, at Beyond the Spotlight Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, uh, what you think of the show, what ideas you have for future shows or just feedback from, uh, you know, where are you listening in the world? Because we do have people all over the world who uh, tune in. So we would love to hear from you. Uh, Without further ado, let's roll into episode 36 with Alex Prince. Joining us today is production coordinator Alex Prince. Alex, welcome.
1: Howdy. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, We are receiving you from... uh, St. Paul, Minnesota today. And this is mid-November and you've already gotten a taste of full-on winter there, it sounds like.
1: As an LA native, it's been unique, but (laughs) snow keeps coming.
0: Well, as we say in the Midwest here, uh, if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. It'll be something totally different. (laughs) You are experienced in tours with music acts, but one thing I want to touch on real quick here is something that's kind of a little departure from the normal touring uh, job or production manager job. And uh, that is the gig you've had here in the last couple months. Uh, tell folks about what that is.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, traditionally, my background is music, but without any concerts going on, I was lucky enough to still find an opportunity and pivot over to the political world. Um, so I just flew back yesterday from Wilmington, Delaware, where I had the pleasure of production managing a, a venue uh, that got to host a number of different press conferences and other briefings with the president-elect Joe Biden and his campaign team.
0: Very cool. So that's got to be uh, a little unique challenge in terms of, of some of the managing of that project. How, uh, what kind of things are different with that than, say, with a music tour?
1: Uh, luckily not a whole lot was different other than the client. Uh, there were definitely a number of obstacles that we had to pass through that don't go, uh, on a standard day-to-day operation with music, but really the gear that gets brought in from LED screens to cameras to audio equipment, uh, and the crew that come with it translate pretty well. So it was a really smooth transition. And uh, just a great opportunity to be working with the crew again, especially during these rough times.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Were there extra roadblocks like, uh, obviously, you know, COVID screenings and working with uh, a high profile individual like that? Um, I imagine Secret Service presence was heavy and security was very tight. So how did that kind of impact what, what you did?
1: It was definitely my first time working with the secret service. Um, so just a few additional security huddles. But when we're on tour with a high profile musician as well, security is a, a top lock regardless. Yeah. Um, and so hopping in with the COVID compliance officer was in a, another additional task. Um, but lucky enough, we had a, a dear friend of mine and another production coordinator for typical music tours who came in and she filled the role and, uh, we successfully had zero coronavirus tests. Uh, we got tested pretty regularly and I never felt unsafe there. Even on days when we had 20 plus local union crew coming in and helping with the load in and load out.
0: Yeah. In a case like that, you have to have things pretty well buttoned down. I would imagine to, uh, you know, not only protect the crew and, and all those coming and going, but definitely the, uh, you know, the principal individuals there.
1: And with that wow. said, I know that it is definitely a high profile client that I was working with, but it's been really amazing to see the, the way that COVID has been taken seriously and all of the health and safety measures across any sort of production build. So definitely with a client who is getting broadcasted on national news media almost daily any sort of fallouts would be highlighted higher than a local production. But uh, it's been really amazing to see the safety and health concerns being implemented all across the nation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And especially right now with the numbers starting to ramp back up, we need to do even more to keep keep things from getting out of control during the winter here. So tell us about any other high-profile uh, tours or gigs that you've been on recently.
1: Uh most recently I've been working with Tyler the Creator. He's a hip hop artist. And so the last music related gig that I've worked prior to well, it was prior to COVID, uh was his performance at the Grammys this year. Um with Charlie Wilson and Boys to Men as backup vocals for our performance, and he ended up winning a Grammy that evening. But prior to that, we did Australia and New Zealand tours and then two full U.S. runs within the last two years. Wow. That's uh, a yeah. <laughs> and in between those downtime, I'm a fully freelance worker. So once that tour stops, it's up to me to find the next gig. And so uh, lucky enough, I don't need to stay within one genre. So no. uh, between those two U.S. tours with Tyler, the creator, I was able to do... Tour management work with a jazz musician named Pat Metheny. Oh, yeah. And then another hip-hop artist named Asap Ferg.
0: Nice. Well, that's got to be cool to jump around between genres and certainly different cultures within those tours, I would imagine. And, you know, not only the musical styles, but, you know, when you mention someone like Pat Metheny, he's, what, probably in his 60s now? Um, Yeah. You know, so that's a whole different thing in, in being in a jazz realm. So what kind of things do you have to adjust, if anything, to kind of go from one act to another like that?
1: The biggest difference, especially in my position, is really just the size of the show and how many crew members I have, whether we're a one tour bus tour or uh, something like my last Tyler the Creator run where between the headlining act and the two support acts, we had a total of 11 tour buses. Wow! Uh, And then also counting, I believe, eight or nine semi-trucks worth of gear. So really, the day-to-day operations remain mostly the same, but the amount of people I'm working with changes.
0: The scale of everything goes up, I would imagine. Well, what got you kind of down this path? I mean, were you involved or interested in music at a young age or kind of how did you how did you get to where you are uh,
1: i don't think i was too unique in my love for music i know that that's a rather universal love um but i had the pleasure of attending usc southern california uh, as a communications major and it wasn't until my junior year of college that i really found out about this career path oh, okay. and so I hopped into some networking events and USC also had a wonderful music industry program that focuses on the business and behind the scenes everything rather than just performance-based degrees and so it was just a, a combination of different factors that introduced me to the industry and then allowed me to build up a strong network of different professionals and going to university in Los Angeles There are very few tours that don't come through and have a show. Uh, So by the time I did graduate and was ready to enter the workforce, I had already had a number of Staples Center performances. I had worked the Grammys twice by graduation Um, and then just a wonderful network of mentors who really cared and looked out for me and wanted to give me some insight into the industry.
0: Yeah, and that's huge, too, because especially when you're just starting out, there's so much to learn, so much to know, and you're kind of thrown into the fire a lot of times when you get on a tour like that for the first time because, you know, everyone else is running along at 60 miles an hour and you're just kind of thrown into traffic and uh, you have to fend for yourself. So having some of that insight from people who've been there, it's got to be huge. Talk about kind of your day-to-day, like let, let's let say on the Tyler, the Creator Tour, what's a typical day look like for a production manager? What, what are you responsible
1: for? Uh, the first two weeks of a tour are typically spent at a rehearsal studio where the crew is just really getting the nitty-gritty details of building our set and taking it down and being able to make sure that we can do that all within a day. But once we do hit the road and... A typical day kind of right in the middle means that we're arriving at a venue close to 8 a.m., which is when our riggers go in and start chalking up the floor and figuring out where we're hanging all of our different fixtures and everything else that needs to fly from the ceiling or the rig or whatever you want to call it. And at that same time, I'm designating which dressing rooms different people get from our artists to a crew room. Um, even to the details of catering. And then 9 o'clock is when our load-in starts and all of the technical elements start going through. And so myself, I'm not one of those technical people. I won't be pushing any cases. I won't be worrying about any of the audio or video elements, but I get to really be the glue that holds all of those other positions in place. So I worry about things like buses, trucks, hotels on days off, all of the crew movements and communications. And then every single day, I get to be in charge of the majority of our production cash or petty cash. So at the end of a tour, I'll have somewhere around a quarter million dollars of receipts that I'm responsible for, and just all of the movements that happen throughout.
0: Lots of moving parts (laughs) to keep track of.
1: Making sure that catering is up and running and on schedule, making sure that Those people who do have the more technical positions, if they need anything to make their job happen that day or if there are any issues, I get to be the person they come to to sort it out. My day doesn't really have a specific task list of what needs to be done by 2 or 5 p.m. It's really just making sure that the whole day goes smooth for everybody. Right putting
0: out fires where they pop up. And, exactly. And you're also probably kind of interfacing with the venue people and tour management people and, and kind of coordinating those and, you know right. those ends of things with the, with the crew and the, the technical aspects.
1: And making sure that the next few shows are already lined up so right. that we don't have any issues rolling into the next city.
0: Right. And that's a good thing to point out for people that may not know is, you know, not only are you there at that show that day, But you're advancing things for, you know, the next however many cities and getting all those things lined up and and, and ready to go. So when you roll in there, things are are hopefully in order and ready to go.
1: Yeah. uh, The big part of my job is just seeing any problems or issues before anybody else does and making it so that nobody else has to deal with them.
0: And, you know, a good rule of thumb is if you're doing your job well, Nobody really notices because yes. everything just goes smoothly, right? I hope so. I'm sure in all your travels and, and tours, you've got some crazy stories or things that you can share. You know, you don't have to name names necessarily, but um, anything you can share with the listeners about something exciting or funny or weird that happened?
1: Uh, I've had the wonderful pleasure of having traveled to 30 different countries through this job. So the language barriers always provide their own sense of comedic relief. Um, (laughs) But I'll never forget, it was a job with Pat Metheny, and we were in Italy, and we were playing a show in some broken-down ruins. And it was just a wonderful sight, but there were cicadas all around us, and the noise of the bugs just was almost louder than we could even get the, (laughs) the PA system to blast outwards to then just all of the fun, goofy things that happen with the crew on days off. And artists, a majority of them are phenomenal people who really make life easy, but there are those divas every here, here and there. So just the first tour I ever went on, I was still a student and just hopped on for the last seven shows of a tour. And this artist I won't name, but of the seven shows that I was part of, that artist only showed up for two of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was just a pretty rough jump in. But yeah. Uh, as a whole, I've really had a pleasure working with artists, and there are a few bad things to say about the majority of them.
0: Yeah, I bet uh, there's all kinds of experiences there. So you've worked with some, some fairly high-profile uh, artists and tours. Is there anybody that is on your wish list that uh, you would love to work for at some point?
1: Uh, that's a question that I've been asked and my answer changes almost monthly. Um, but right now, Alicia Keys and Jennifer Lopez, I've never worked with that large of a female artist and just raw talent. Um, so those are both artists who are at the top of my list right now. And then there are just the kind of uh, punk bands that I grew up listening to that, I would love to be backstage listing or helping organize their show rather than just buying ticket and watching uh-huh. them as a fan. But I think most important to me right now, uh, a dream gig would be Alicia Keys. She's just such a phenomenal artist, and I've got nothing but respect for her and would love to be part of the process that allows so many people to experience her show.
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great Great one to pick because uh, I think most people share that same feeling that, you know, not only is she a great performer and songwriter, but she just carries herself in a way that is kind of transcends everybody else and has a special whatever it is <laughs> about her that makes her unique. So. And I've
1: heard great things from her crew members about how uh, how she just favors the crew and acknowledges the folks that help put the show together.
0: Yeah. And that's an important distinction because there probably are more people in the opposite camp where they are just there for themselves. And, you know, the only time they acknowledge the crew is if something goes wrong and they, you know, call them out in front of everyone. Uh, So it's nice to have people who not only respect the crew and what they do, but, you know, help kind of lift them up and and make them really kind of equals in the, in the whole process because it is in the end of the day, it's a team sport, if you will, you know, where everybody's got to do their job.
1: With that said, I think I feel the need to give a special shout out to, uh, Jaden Smith, who is the hip hop son of Will Smith. Yeah. And so he's a young performer, but, uh, I got so much respect for him on our last tour when he was our opening act. And I would see him regularly walking through the hallways of a venue waiting for a custodian to finish tying up a plastic trash bag so that Jaden could thank him for his work. And Jaden, more than most artists I've seen, just went above and beyond to thank everybody backstage. And uh, it really was inspiring to see such a young kid with so much class and respect for everybody backstage.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's That's kind of the exception to the rule, at least from things that I've heard, you know, a lot of times, especially with someone young like that, who's kind of grown up in the limelight, you would think that they would tend to be just the opposite of that, where they would be a little more entitled maybe or whatever. But uh, that's, that's nice to hear that people are being recognized for their contributions.
1: Yeah. In my experience, again, most artists are at least on the very friendly edge of the line, but there are definitely a few who go above and beyond and really just show their gratitude and respect in a way that is commendable.
0: Yeah. That's uh interesting. I heard someone say recently a quote from Maya Angelou who said something to the effect that I'm paraphrasing, people won't necessarily remember what you say or what you did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And that speaks to that kind of a attitude right there is that years from now, you're still, you know, talking about somebody's recognition of your contributions or your talents. And and that's something that sticks with people because, you know, everybody wants to be recognized and and appreciated.
1: Absolutely.
0: Nice. So if you weren't doing this kind of a job, uh, what would you be doing? Is there is there something like totally different that you have thought about maybe going into or has this pretty much always been what you wanted to pursue?
1: Uh, I think that's one of the great things that college allowed me to do with internships and everything else. Uh, prior to learning about the music industry, I had jobs with marketing and real estate. And college showed me which industries I did not want. Mm-hmm. And the live music industry really showed me that more than just the music element uh, that I really enjoyed being in the industry of making memories. So whether it is live touring, uh, I had a few months in college where I thought being a wedding coordinator was really the path for me. Uh, (laughs) Just organizing and making, making those memories or uh, providing the environment where memories are made has been uh, my main focus point. Yeah. My father always wanted me to hop into the LA fire department.
0: Oh, okay. I
1: feel without uh, pretending like I know many of their duties, uh, working with crews, kind of making sure that 80 different people on tour buses feel taken care of as they're gone from their families and loved ones in, in different time zones from people. I get the opportunity to make them feel respected and treated well and try to keep them healthy and happy and, I'm sure that some of those skills would at least translate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's all boils down to caring about other people. And those are the things that are common between the two and really tie us all together. If you could go back to an earlier Alex, let's say, you know, 14, 15 years old, uh, is there a piece of advice you could offer yourself to uh, either make things smoother or to change course or uh, somehow affect what you do going forward. Is there, is there one piece of advice?
1: I think a big thing is just having self-confidence and realizing that just because other people have big titles or anything else doesn't necessarily mean that they know more. Uh, they may have been doing it longer, but going into a job as an assistant doesn't mean that you are the most inferior person out there. You may have a newer title than anybody else, but your opinions are still valued and important. And that's something that I maybe don't struggle with now, but need to remind myself every now and then to just go in and have confidence and to remember that my opinion does matter and that I can help out even when talking to folks who have more manager roles or anything else like that. Yeah. It's easy to feel intimidated and just stay in the corner quiet. No, that's a
0: great, great piece of advice for sure. Um, Is there any uh, social media or uh, website or anything that people can follow along and kind of see what Alex is up to here going forward?
1: Yeah, my biggest one, uh, I guess we'll start professional first, but Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is definitely something that I use and encourage anybody who wants to hear any experiences or learn more about the industry, uh, to connect on there and send me a message. I love speaking, especially college students, but just because somebody has graduated or never went to college doesn't mean that this industry isn't for them. Mm -hmm. So I've had the pleasure of speaking with probably two or three different people a week for the last six months, just trying to introduce them and share any knowledge that I can, because, uh, Again, I got brought into this industry so heavy by mentors that I really do love giving back and sharing my experiences where possible. And for anybody who truly wants to be in this industry for the right reasons of making memories for others and not necessarily just meeting the band and knowing their favorite (laughs) artists, uh, I truly do believe that there's room for everybody. So LinkedIn is a great place to network. And then I've got uh, on a personal level, an Instagram and Facebook that uh, I feel are pretty easy to find me under Alex Prince.
0: Okay. And we'll uh, put links to those in our show notes for people if they uh, want to find that. Well, thanks so much, Alex, for talking with us today uh, from cold and snowy <laughs> <laughs> St. Paul. Um, good luck. I, I hope the uh, COVID situation gets kind of under control and and folks such as yourself can get out there and start doing the thing that you love to do. And And we can all get back to going to shows and enjoying that. So thanks for all you do and best of luck in your future endeavors.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: And thanks to all of you for listening to another episode of Beyond the Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Spotlight. If you like what you heard, please share the show with your friends. Know someone who'd make a great guest? get in touch through our Facebook page or email us at beyond the podcast at gmail.com. And however you download or stream this, hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. I'm John Diener, and this has been Beyond the Spotlight.